Welcome to the Go Abundance Podcast, the audio channel for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. You know, the problem with most successful guys is they are awesome, yet at the same time, they suck. <laughs> They're too one-dimensional. Like, they have big, fat money, but also a big, fat gut. <laughs> or the opposite. They may look good as hell naked, but if you look in their savings account, they're as broke as a $3 watch. Some may have both muscle strength and financial strength, but they've been divorced five times and their kids don't even speak to them. Some have huge smiley family portraits in their foyer, but not a single friend that's honest and objective with them. Some may be gregarious as hell, surrounded by people and hugs galore, but their charitable giving is shameful. Come on, man. Really? That's all you gave back? I think you get my point by now. At GoBundance, we know we're not perfect, but our goal is to be better. Better multidimensionally in six simple categories. We call these our pillars. Number one, horizontal income. Number two, age-defying health. Number three, bucket list adventures. Number four, genuine contribution. Number five, authentic relationships. And number six, extreme accountability. So speaking of number six, let's dig into this week's interview with a GoBro. And you can tell me. Is he walking the talk or is he a false prophet? <laughs> Have you dreamed of being part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but maybe you're just not quite there yet on the balance sheet. You haven't hit that million dollar net worth, but you understand the value of being part of this community and part of this brand and why the six pillars are so important and they're important to you. Well, we've got a great opportunity for any one of you out there that are seeking one day to be whole life millionaires and join GoBundance. That is our Emerge program from GoBundance. My name is Jamie Gruber. I'm host of the GoBundance podcast, founder of the Emerge program, and I'm proud to say that we've been able to put a couple of hundred students through the Emerge program with stellar results. They've been able to achieve goals, transform their lives, and get to the next level of life that they aspire to simply by being part of this incredible program. With the Emerge program, we have three objectives. The first is to create transformation. You're going to establish a goal at the very beginning of this 12-week course, and every week you're going to get a content drop. You're going to get curriculum. You're going to get support from the community in you achieving that goal by the end of the 12 weeks. Along with that, our second objective is proximity. You're going to have proximity to like-minded people just like you, people that you don't have in your regular life right now that you can relate to and talk about what it is you're trying to achieve in life. And they're going to hold you accountable to whatever you say you want to do or better yet, whoever you say you want to be. With proximity also comes the GoBundance community. Every Tuesday evening, we bring in a GoBundance member and we Q&A them in our millionaire case study segment. Right before that, you get to hang out with your fellow Emerge members on Tuesday evening. And Thursday morning, Diego Corzo comes live to you to teach you about different areas of being a whole life millionaire. And lastly, our third objective, we're going to be watching. We want to make sure you're accountable to achieving what you want and finishing this course. And if you do you'll get an exclusive invite to our Ascend Mastermind where we can really dive in and dig deep on getting you to that whole life millionaire status. Go to GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Put in coupon code Emerge for $200 off this one-time charge and lifetime access to the Emerge program. You won't regret it. Check out what it's done for other people on the website, and I hope to see all of you in Emerge.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to the GoBundance Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. And today I'm excited about this man, not just because he also is another bald GoPro, but because this guy is just full of wisdom, full of knowledge. I'm excited for him to come to you with it. He is an entrepreneur. He is an investor. He is a syndicator. He is a GoBundance champion. And he is the author of the book, Catching Knives, which if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it in my hands right now. Welcome, Jake Harris. Thank you. Man, I, I, th- 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 those accolades uh, don't seem like me. I'm just a dude that uh, found a-, a bunch of other dudes that like uh, doing wild and crazy stuff and-, and living life full out. And you've done that. And there's a lot to pull out of, y- of your book and your story. And I want to start there. What, what is the background of Jake Harris? Give us kind of the-, the-, the broad strokes here. You can go back as far as you want to, but just sort of take us through your life up until now and some of the things that uh, have been impactful for you. So uh, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. I like long romantic walks to the taco stand. <laughs> no. Uh, so let's see, uh, peel that back. Uh, I was born in Denver. I grew up most of my life in Northern California. My parents got divorced when I was in high school. And then I moved back to Denver for a little bit of time, came back to Northern California. I joined the army, did air assault infantry uh, stuff. Actually, between my junior and senior year, I went and there was a called a program called a delayed entry program. So I went to basic training when I was 17 years old and I went down to Fort Jackson, uh, South Carolina and, uh, you know, was like, wow, what did I get myself into after that? After I graduated, went down to Fort Benning and, uh, basically redid all of, uh, basic training and boot camp again, um, because they used infantry and it was just kind of a different, uh, program. But then, um, after the army, Actually, so just kind of giving you highlights, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad as I was kind of getting out of the army. And it was kind of like that aha, one of those light bulb kind of moments. Uh, really tapped into a lot of my, you know, uh, skill sets and things that I really wanted to do. You know, going to school, uh, undergrad in entrepreneurship, uh, which is interesting. I was, uh, my, my, one of my goals with that was by the time I got my bachelor's degree, I wanted to be able to spell entrepreneurship. <laughs> It's French, like the, the letters are all whacked out and stuff. And I, I still all the time misspell it. It is crazy. I, think I just did too. I just wrote it down. I think I misspelled it. But yeah. yeah, I think there's an E and a U and an A and a something or other. I, I miss, you know, uh, spell it all the time. So uh, yeah, I have a degree in entrepreneurship. Uh, and then I went off to, to grad school uh, in international real estate in finance down at uh, FIU in Miami specifically really focused on uh, real estate investing and development. That kind of covers uh, uh, you know, the education part of it, but uh, I'm a California uh, real estate broker. Like I said, I've been doing real estate investing you know, as my primary job for probably get, getting close to 20 years. I think it's been 18. It was early 2000s when I really started doing that. After the Army, a little snippet in... Uh, bartending at a golf course uh, in the country club. I wanted to be around rich guys and ask them advice, but I didn't have the uh, ability to join uh, the, the country club, but I was able to serve them drinks and hang out and, and get advice. Uh, I ultimately, from the advice of one of those people was uh, I got into construction. Uh, he said, everybody, you know, he's like, if you aspire to do real estate, everything real estate has a contractor involved. And so I kind of went into that commercial construction. You can read more uh, elements of that within the book, um, what I did in that commercial space. And then I started flipping houses and then grew from there to being a millionaire before 30, 
to then losing it all and the subprime meltdown to praying that I was worth no money and basically retooling and starting back over and kind of building back better on a, a more you know robust foundation. Uh, and then that was really one of the things, the introspective aspect of that life of losing you know, money, which was the least significant of that was how bankrupt I was in every other pillar of my life, uh, relationships and health and adventure. And I was just so myopically focused on the grind of becoming this millionaire before 30 that I didn't actually, you know, do anything else. And so I, I think it's a, a tremendous blessing that I got that opportunity to experience that at a young age and to, to reset because, you know, maybe if I'd skipped over that, it would have resulted in a, you know, a divorce or kids, you know, you know, a family breaking up and I didn't have that being in my twenties. So flipped a lot of houses, I don't know, 12, 1400 homes in 23 states. We do commercial real estate primarily, you know, most of what we do. Uh, so have some new construction, hotels, apartments, uh, like you said, syndications, uh, conversions, adaptive reuse, converting warehouses or offices to multifamily modernization of office buildings. And so again, that is all driven off of real estate. This is, this is what I do. I have some investments in some other uh, ancillary businesses as far as capital markets, architectural construction companies that fulfill and, and ultimately building out the whole kind of vertical aspect of the real estate because I plan on doing this for another hundred years. And because of that, I want to build a, a system that you know can expand and um, contract to you know those levels. So a word that comes to mind for you when I think of the brand of Jake Harris, and, and you probably don't even understand or realize how much this is applied from you to me in the time that we've gotten to know each other. The word I think about is wisdom, right? You're, you, you seem to value wisdom. You put yourself in positions to, to extract wisdom like you did with working at a country club and trying to be around rich guys, like you said. So I want to kind of take that, that, that piece because I think your gift, my opinion, from what I know of you, your gift is that you, you are able to uh, uh, either reflect back or maybe you do it in the moment, determine what you're taking from something or what, you, uh, you know, what learnings you've taken. You, you just have a way of sort of squeezing that out. So let's go back to military. I want to start with that first piece. Why join and what did you take from your experience in the military that you know, that you apply today or that you, you are shy away from today, but like, what's some wisdom you took from your time in the military and why join? Yeah. So my kind of whole family is involved or has been in the past involved in law enforcement, you know, talking from the top levels, you know, chief of police, you know, commander, air operations, SWAT teams, search and rescue dive, everything like that. I didn't want to go into law enforcement. You know, it was seeing that, aspect of it is you become really a little bit of a misanthrope as far as because you're seeing the worst of society on a daily basis. And so you begin to, you know, have this kind of negative uh, connotation on outlook on life. Um, and I think that's actually a challenge that we're facing right now in this day and age is there's so much negative in the social media and the media and everything like that, that people think it's a, a lot worse than it is in reality. And so from seeing that and growing up as a law enforcement son is seeing how everything is kind of in this negative jaded light. So the military to me was an alternative to that. I wanted to serve. I wanted to give you know, value out there to, to the world. I thought it was cool to go jump out of airplanes and, and do that stuff. 
not quite uh, what it, it translates to is they show you action videos and you're doing it and you're like, yeah, that looks awesome. And that was like super, super small sliver of the actual things that you did. It was a lot of suck. Like the military mostly sucks. Like you're carrying super heavy stuff. You're in some of the worst environments, climate, you know, you know, jungle, cold, freezing, you know, swamps, like it's mostly suck. Um, so that was what my takeaway was, is that I can do things that suck and you just put one foot in front of the other. Um, I remember a time we were down in Fort Polk, Louisiana, and, um, you know, no offense to some people, but uh, there are vast portions of Louisiana that I think we should just give back to, to, to the French, you know, like it's not great. <laughs> like It is agree. terrible. There's bugs or, you know, water moccasins, chiggers, you know, poison sumac, like you're up to your armpits and swamps. And, and so looking at that was, you don't have to like it, but you got to do it. And so to me at a young age, going through that was, um, is something that I hope to instill in my kids is it's not about, you don't have to do everything you, you, uh, that you like. There's times that you have to do stuff you don't like, and it's going to suck, but you got to do it anyway. Makes sense. Now take me to college and post-grad, uh, so, or graduate, I should say. You, you it seems like, uh, studied what you're doing now, entrepreneurship, undergrad, and I think you said international real estate and something else very fancy uh, uh, in grad school. I don't remember exactly what you said. I wrote down what I could, but- are you, do you find like, you know, what, what did you extract from that and how relevant is it to what you're doing today? Is it like, yeah, Hey, without those things, without those degrees today would be very difficult or is there, uh, yeah, I'll just let you. So um, part of that was, that was not just straight out of military. That was actually, you know, up until, I don't know what it, four or five years ago that, you know, I finished. So it was, I was already doing the career kind of things. And I was like, and really like, I was like, hey, college is worthless. Like, I don't actually really need this. But then it was like, I really wanted that graduate program, you know, as far as in that international real estate and finance or something specifically to that is I wanted to continue to elevate. And especially in hindsight of the subprime meltdown, when I was like, all right, I did some things well. Um, and then really what it was is like when we were selling off some portfolios to uh, invitation homes which is uh, Blackstone's, you know, single family rental portfolio is like, they were just doing things that I just didn't quite understand. And so, and in that process of, of entrepreneurship, undergrad, and then real estate, uh, you know, international real estate, was it really like, like learning a new language and it was really the language of private equity or institutional capital is, you know, how do you manage a portfolio of properties. And so before, like I was really good at the stuff in the trenches. Like I could save you, you know, 11 cents a linear foot on baseboard and, you know, the, my construction cost, cause I came from the kind of the construction, like I got things down to, to the Nat's ass as far as on, you know, uh, conservative, you know, construction rehab or, you know, uh, turning over properties. But then like Blackstone was macro correct. They were paying, it didn't really matter what the construction cost was. They're playing a different multiple. They bet $10 billion on the industry and made $9 billion profit. 
I was micro correct and, you know, did this on a few houses. And so I saved, you know, $3,700 on this one house. And it was just like, wait a minute, I'm not playing a big enough game. And so that's what college for me, being very intentional with those programs that I was seeking out was, hey, I want to elevate what I do. And then ultimately, you know, because of I'm looking at this long term is I believe that, you know, like I said before, I'm doing this for the next hundred years. I don't think this is going to hurt me. I already have read almost all the books, you know, that exist on real estate. Uh, and I continue to do them and find older and older books and more and more, you know, things come out all the time. And it was, it was very, very helpful. Now, from the differences, had I not had that versus having it? I think it would just look different of what I was doing today. And I am a, a product and there's so many times that a single person can completely change the trajectory of your life is they pour a little bit of insight into you, a little bit of nugget that you pick up from them, like literally can change the entire course of your entire life from that point forward. And so to me, that's what some of those elements were. I don't even know what my life would be like, you know, had I not done those things, but it, I, to me, there was a lot of value in it. Yeah. We had a recent conversation that just landed for me and I don't mean to continue to stomp on this, but it, it means a lot to me. We had a recent conversation where you gave me, I think that nugget, that piece of wisdom, as I've said, is your brand uh, that I do believe could set the course of my life. So maybe in a year I'll revisit this and say, there you go, Jake Harris, you just paid it forward big time on that piece of wisdom. A lot of it manifests in this book, right? All of the wisdom that you've taken in your career really pours down to catching knives. Uh, talk about how you arrived at writing a book on distressed commercial real estate. Why, why focus there? Why is that such an important dynamic to you? Yeah, so I think it's um, really what I've kind of realized is that's just the starting point and one of the legs of what we do. So distressed investing is primarily how I you know, focused in on the world. Um, there's, there's, uh, now we're starting to work at work and map out a second book and a third book that'll come out, you know, maybe in a year or two and, and beyond that. And really it was go abundance that I was sitting down in a room and I was sitting, you know, uh, next to, uh, I think, you know, Pat and, and, and David and some other people. And I was like, I want to say 75% of the people that I was sitting at, or maybe a table, like had written a book. And like, people were like, oh, you know, who's here written a book? And like all these people raised their hands and I kind of like looked around and I was like, wait, should I write a book? <laughs> like, I was like the peer pressure and, and the, the way of like, I just, I didn't really necessarily think about it before. And so that was probably three or four years ago. And then I was like, maybe I need to write a book. And uh, one of the things that I think is a challenge in, in most aspects of people's lives is, especially as they're starting to grow their, their personal brand, is uh, obscurity. And so by taking that, obviously, you know, uh, the, the mentors and, and the guidance of, of the, the elders and, and Pat and, and David and the way that they're just kind of leading forward and trailblazing this was it became pretty easy as like, oh, well, I'll do that too. And that what is manifest into that, that book, which is now, you know, really the first book is to continue to invest in that, that IP, my own personal IP. And how do I continue to bring that? And, and maybe that continues on every couple of years, I'll release another book until 
you know, perpetuity. I don't know. Um, but at least it was a, um, a challenging but rewarding experience uh, thus far. And I mean, we're really only three months into the release and it took me probably a year, nine months to a year of before that actually released. So. Makes sense. No, it's great. And I think there's a, there's a ton of great stuff in here that people can take away in the, you know, in the space that you, you intended it for, distressed commercial real estate. And I love that you're going to have other legs, like you said, released. You might challenge Lupo. I think he's at 12 books, Damian Lupo, something like that. So you're going to be uh, pushing him. Yeah, them and them and like Brandon Turner and those man, those people are like machines. Like I was like, I still actually make way more money at my day job as far as doing the real estate stuff. So uh, I, I would love to get to that place to where it was, you know, just crushing it out there. But uh, you know, it, it is part of a system in which uh, I'm building out. And what I'm finding is that it's, it's super, or at least helpful to uh, to a handful of people. Um, I mean, it's getting decent sales and, and decent reviews. And uh, I think that was only a few of them were my mom, um, you know, that bought them. So it was like, I, I don't think actually my wife has actually read it. She lives it. So she, it's not like, and, and I would go home and like read a chapter to her and she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. But that's yeah. awesome. No, that's great. No, I love it. And, and I think that's a great pivot point for us to dive into uh, the one sheet here. We're going to go pillar by pillar through uh, the different areas. And we're starting with horizontal income. And I, I want to put this to you because you are, you are uh, a, a very active investor or a very active businessman in the investment space is probably a better way to put it. All right, go bros. We have our 2022 couples trip of a lifetime. Here's the deal. When you think romance, the one country that comes to mind, we are talking about Italy. Here is the epic itinerary. Day one. This is April 1st, 2022. We're going to arrive in Florence and take a private transfer to the city center. There we're going to go on a guided walking tour of Florence. We're going to discover all kinds of ancient beginnings where we'll finish the day with a welcome dinner at a local restaurant. Day two. After breakfast, we're going to visit some historic workshops and learn about the ancient Florentine artisanal tradition. Then enjoy a special leather hands-on workshop. In the afternoon, challenge yourself to a hands-on Tuscan food cooking class and then feast on your creations for dinner. Day 3, April 3rd, we're hitting the countryside. In the company of your local art historian guide, visit a Galleria commissioned in 1560. Leonardo da Vinci, Botticelli, Tizzanio, Michelangelo, all have hung out in this joint here. After lunch, at your leisure, travel to the Tuscan countryside and check out your hotel and dinner at the Inner Restaurant. Day 4. A full day excursion to Siena. Today, soak up the medieval flavor of the city on this walking tour through city center. See Palazzo Publico, the colorful marble-clad cathedral, and Piazzo del Campo, one of Italy's most beautiful squares. Then we're going to hit a leisurely bike ride through the vineyards, blanketing the surrounding landscape. Day 5, we are going to start the day by driving Fiat 
500 cars along the enchanting roads of gorgeous Tuscan countryside. And we're going to land in the Bocelli Vineyards. Yes, the Andrea Bocelli. His family is going to serve us wine and, and an incredible meal. Day six, transfer to Rome with a stopover in Orvieto. Orvieto is one of the most striking, memorable, and enjoyable hill towns in central Italy. Less than 90 minutes from Rome, it sits majestically high above a valley floor atop a big chunk of tufo volcanic stone. After lunch, we continue on to our hotel in Rome's historic center. Day 7. Wake up early and see the Sistine Chapel. Marvel at some of the world's most spectacular works at the Vatican Museums. Then visit St. Peter's Square in its soaring basilica. Of course, we will not miss the iconic Colosseum. The massive amphitheater that accommodated 50,000 spectators were gladiators prepared for battle. Next, be thrilled by a specially arranged visit inside formerly the Temple of Antonius. Here, enjoy a lecture on ancient Rome given by a prominent Roman art historian. Day 8, we reach Tivoli and visit the amazing Hadrian's Villa. After lunch at an enchanting local restaurant, we turn to Rome for a leisurely stroll through the charming neighborhood of Trastevere one of Rome's most authentic and vibrant areas. This epic adventure for you and your significant other covers all internal transfer, incredible, highly rated boutique accommodations. If you're ready to wow your significant other and show him or her how much you really love them, get signed up for Italy 2022. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. What do you consider to be horizontal income? I want to ask that first and foremost. In the Because you, 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 know, you do a lot of things actually. What is horizontal to you? What, what sort of ventures create horizontal income for you? Yeah. So I would say some of it is, I mean, obviously my active job is real estate. And so what I consider horizontal income are some of those properties that I own that like, you know, are property managed, you know, other things like that, that are just kind of spinning in, in some income. And then some of the businesses that I'm invested into that I'm not running. I, I don't run the day to day. Like I may get in on a call, you know, uh, maybe a couple times a month or, you know, every, you know, um, quarter, you know, maybe it's an annual meeting kind of, you know, partners meetings or twice a year kind of meeting. So I consider those horizontal income. So some of the properties that I own, then some of those business investments. And, and really, I'm just starting to emerge into investing into other people's deals. 
which is a, a, a new thing for me because I get a lot more return on my own deals and investing into my own investment. So there's a certain aspect of that, like we have a fund or some of these funds that also are generating some horizontal income, call it, because it's like some fun fees and some other things like that. But it's kind of gray because it's also a little bit of what I do from an active job. So, I mean, there's ways that I can kind of categorize that or, or not. Um, I tend to skew that more towards the vertical because that's my, my uh, actual day job. Got it. From a horizontal income perspective, what percentage of that is covering your, like what percentage are you, is covering your, your ordinary expenses at this point? So uh, I'm about a hundred and fifty percenter, you know, as far as my my expenses. Most of that is because you know I have very low expenses. Um, it was in a a response to you know losing everything in you know '08, you know, or '07, '08 that collapse of it is when I started just building back is it was on a very, very low cost basis, and a lot of the things that I bought I either paid for with cash or, you know, very low mortgage, you know, kind of rates. Um, so like primary residence, I think we only owe like a hundred grand on our primary residence and it's at 3% interest, you know, mm -hmm. and like the payments under a thousand dollars a month taxes. Fortunately, I have a lot of commercial real estate. So cost segregation and depreciation and other things like that. So, you know, relatively low taxation as far as we have a, a big deal that I I'm, targeting to close out by the end of the year. I don't know if I'll have enough, you know, kind of accumulated carry, you know, uh, forward losses and some depreciation that, that may be a, a, a tax bill. So that's where it kind of fluctuates a little bit, but you know, my expenses, uh, you know, my biggest expense annually is, is my international travel that I do with my family. We do, uh, an international trip every year. We try to target a month and I, you know, we spend on that. I mean, that's typically a twenty, thirty thousand dollar kind of, uh, you know, trip. And so I'm saying hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand has kind of been my annual expenses uh, when you layer all those things in. And then you know, north of uh, two hundred, two fifty is about where horizontal income again has some fluctuations. COVID twenty twenty was. I didn't draw much out. I, I kind of poured a lot of it back into the businesses. Yeah. We laid a few people off and I just felt like it was more responsible to kind of pour those back into the companies. And so, but again, it was probably right around that 200,000 on the horizontal. Makes sense. Okay. From a net worth perspective, you went from millionaire prior to 30 down to zero. And I think in the book you outlined that you, you know, you've kind of come back and then some um, net worth today, uh, you know, to what extent you're comfortable sharing, but you know, where are you today and what's the, do you have a, a goal? Do you, do you target net worth as a goal for yourself? Yeah. So uh, I have a goal by the end of this year to be uh, eight figures, to be 10 million. And so um, I'm getting close to there. So, I mean, I would say, you know, depending on uh, some valuations, like I said, some of those took a little bit of a hit during COVID, but then actually I think they've roared back in some other direction. So my office holdings are are still relatively fat, flat, but some of the land holdings have actually increased that, uh, like I said, uh, uh, I have a, a land deal uh, about for 3.5 million 18 months ago, should sell it for six and a half million at the end of this year. And so that would be a nice little, you know, chunk. And it would be there to kind of realize that I didn't even wasn't carrying on the books 
at that number. So uh, I mean, probably eight and a half to nine and a half million, depending on where some valuations on some of those properties came out right now on a net worth level. Um, I do not have my updated Q2. So that's why I'd say it's in that eight and a half, nine and a half million kind of range for net worth. Makes sense. No, I got it. And then from a, from a percentage of, of net worth, like the distribution, are you, would you say, look, it's real estate, pretty much all of it, or do you, do you intentionally try to put yourself into, yeah, businesses, obviously. I mean, is there, is there crypto gold? So I, you're just kind of curious if you have any sort of sense of the distribution of net worth. Yeah, it's, it's almost all real estate. Uh, I've, like I said, started taking a few things to kind of, you know, put it in other places. So yeah, a couple hundred thousand in crypto, Maybe that's, I don't know, Fugazi Fugazi. Maybe it's worth a nickel today. Maybe it's worth a million dollars. I don't know. But it, it's it's, it's going down. It feels like it's by the time this is recording is, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, uh, you know, 80,000. You know, yeah. it was a couple hundred thousand. Now it's 80. I don't know. Um, so that was some investments that I did. You know, part of it was high level, you know, I understand where it's kind of going as that, that space. And I wanted a little bit of exposure to it. Um, it is not my, you know, and it's one of those just kind of set it and forget it kind of things. And I'm not necessarily reallocating. I might with these, this kind of dip, throw some more money at it anyway, because I think it has some long-term legs to it. And then, like I said earlier, I'm just now starting to invest in some other people's and some businesses. So uh, I don't know if you saw, I was just down in Columbia touring through Adam, you know, his, his green coffee company. So yeah, I'm doing an investment into that company. Uh, it, it is not real estate. It is, you know, outside something that I could kind of control. And, and that's where maybe one of the challenges is, is, is GoBundance or a lot of the people I primarily know are real estate focused a lot of their syndication, their deals. And I was like, I tend to pour in, in my investment into my own deals. Um, but I'm looking at other ways to invest into some of those other entities. And then the other net worth is associated to affiliated kind of companies, a capital markets group, you know, an architectural company, a construction company, but I'm like the number one customer or client of that. So there's certain ties to that. So I would say that's 20-ish, 30% of, of the net worth is, is businesses or those outside. And then the other, you know, whatever, 80 to 90% is real estate related as far as my net worth. And so I'm very, very heavy uh, into that aspect. I don't have any gold. I don't have, you know, any stocks. Um, I'm just all in on real estate. Yeah. Hey, you know your lane, you know where to go. And now you're, like you said, you're starting to look at other things and that green coffee does look very interesting. I did see your post on that. So I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. Um, let's jump over to health. What does your current weight and body fat percentage look like? So currently I'm at 185. I would say I am right around 14 to 15%. Uh, one, really when I'm at 175, I'm just under 14%. So I'm, I'm again, speculating a little bit, adding uh, at that 185. That's coming off of a, a lot of vacation. We went to, I was in Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, uh, Atlanta, Boise, and Colombia. And so, uh, you know, but my goal is is right around that weight. It's actually a, a body fat percentage, and it's really more so as a habit. I work out every day. Uh, I'm a little over 600 days in a row. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that was Ken Wimberly, which is in, he's in my GoPod, but also kind of my just fitness accountability like thing. He was just like, why don't you work out every day? Uh, I did that a couple years ago and I worked out about a hundred days in a row. And then I was like, we did another trip to, to Spain and Portugal and I was walking. I wasn't really necessarily working out. And, but when I got back from that, I was like, oh, I'm going to do every other day. You know, I'll just, I won't miss two days in a row. Well, I've just found out, you know, my own hacking of myself is I suck at that. Um, I suck at knowing what day it is, if I worked out today or if it was yesterday, you know, and so I'm much better at being kind of binary of I'm all in or all out, like no carbs or like, like just be like, Hey, if I just work out every day, it's actually much easier for me to work out every single day. And then that translates to the better uh, health and also working out, you know, that man took me, you know, 35, 40 minutes to go run those, you know, 500 calories worth. And all of a sudden you see something uh, and you're like 500 calories, you know how hard that was to work to, to get that one 500 calories. So it's just like, it's easier. It becomes that one thing that makes everything else easier or relevant. And again, my goal is that under 14% body fat and, you know, where that lands on, on weight is, is less important to me. Post-vacation free family expansion. This is probably the, 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 the window within which to hit it, right? This is probably your, your window before things get a little, little crazy again. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. So uh, let's keep on exercise for a moment. You said every day for 600 plus days, which you've, you've been very, very regimented with that. What's the workout look like? Is that like, hey, you know what? Today I did 20 pushups. That's my workout. Or do you have a specific regimen that you, you stick to on a daily basis? So I also set some goals as far as, so last year I did, I think, uh, 1100 miles, uh, um, or maybe it was 1050. I wanted to increase that by 10%. So I have over 1200 miles that I want to do running. And so I, you know, worked backwards. And so I was like, that's 3.3 miles a day. Mm-hmm. So that is the kind of ideal workout is that I'm doing, you know, more than three miles in a given day. Life's challenging sometimes. So, you know, uh, there, it might be, um, um, a mile, a mile and a half. Some days I can get in longer and I can get four or five, six, you know, miles in so that, and really it's a, it equates out to call it close to a 30 minute workout that I'm sweating and, you know, um, and really I'm focusing on the miles, not so how fast I am or how many push-ups or other things. Before I started lunging for a long time, I started doing push-ups. I, I kind of just add different flavors to that throughout the year, but the consistent thing is the getting the miles in. Got it. Makes sense. That's awesome. Man, my wife is on that tear right now. She wants to do a marathon, so she's running like a crazy woman. So Yeah, and that's, I mean, I do intermittent fasting most every day. And I do a, a low kind of carb, uh, you know, diet. So really, it's it's a layering effect of this. And this started a couple of few years ago when I was like, I'm like super awesome at making excuses for myself. Uh, like, ah, you flew in, the kid was up late, you got this meeting. Like, ah, you should not work. Ah, you should eat this food. And so, really, what it was is I was sitting down, and I think I was with the. I don't remember, you know, if it was Breckenridge or Steamboat or one of the places. And I was sitting there with David Laver and we're kind of sitting out. And I was like, I'm really good at bullshitting myself. Like fitness, is, you know, my health is going to be a focus from kind of here on out. And so I was probably 
you know, 210, 215 on weight. And then wow. I just said, Hey, I'm going to really focus on that. And that kind of brought back down to the 175, the 180 range and the, the percentage of body fat. And so that started the intermittent fasting, the, 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 you know, keto, low carb kind of diet. And that's just kind of my lifestyle. Now it's pretty relatively easy uh, for me to maintain that. I like the human hacking because I, I, it is true. Like we talk about systems and processes in business, but we are a human system. So you were looking at ways to hack that human system and, and achieve the goal by building habits. We talk about it in Emerge all the time, right? That's kind of what the point of Emerge is, is set a goal and then establish the habits that make you not even achieve that goal, I guess, to some extent, but become the person that you visualize becoming, right? Like yeah. I'm going to do today what the person tomorrow that I want to be does right now. I'm going to do it now. And then if one day you look back and you're like, holy cow, I'm down from 210 to 180 or 175. My body fat's down to 14% or less. Uh, so I think that's a great point. So, and I think the other thing is, is use who you are uh, as far as uh, uh, someone you're like, you're like, Jake, you're super stubborn, you know, be like, so use that not, and, and don't necessarily think of that as a negative. I think everything is that we're, we're all addicts in one, some way or the other. And so then how do you use that for yourself? And so it's like that stubborn is that I'm going to hold to, as I say, I work out every day. So I'm stubborn that I'm going to work out every single day, you know, come hell or high water, you know, rolled your anchor, ankle tough, you know, you got COVID, doesn't matter. Get up, drag yourself around the park. You know, it's like whatever that is, it is those things to use yourself for your own benefit. And, and so for that was not, and, and like I said, it becomes easier and easier because it is already who you are. You're, you're becoming a more authentic to yourself by utilizing, you know, what you are, you know, and like you said, you can manifest that, that reality of the future, but I think it becomes long-term when it's more aligned with, you know, your own natural MO. I like that. We, uh, I'm going to send you a video. Yesterday, we had Dr. John Martini speak to Ascend uh, and what you just described, authenticity being you, it was uh, an hour and a half like masterclass on that. So I'll send it to you if you decide to watch it, go for it. Yeah. But that's, that's really on point with a lot of lessons I'm learning recently. So appreciate you diving in on that. How about your family? You mentioned wife, couple kids. Give us a little bit more about uh, what your family dynamic look like. And I know it's expanding, so feel free to share. Yeah. So uh, married, Christy is a, you know, amazing mother. She is also a NICU nurse. She works part-time days. So she only has to work four days a month. So, but uh, primarily she is, is a, a mother. We have two boys. Hudson is six. Maverick is three. And then uh, as you uh, alluded to, we have a third on the way due August 12th. Um, so we will have, we don't know, uh, what it is, a boy or a girl we're, we're praying for a girl, uh, because, you know, at least we got, we got a couple of boys. We'd like to see, uh, I'd like for my wife to experience having a girl, but she's also, I think a little bit nervous about the opportunity of having girls. She's like, I kind of know what boys and how to, to work with those. So whatever happens is a blessing. I think the ingredients are already there. We just don't know. And then, I will have as many kids as my wife lets me. She, she, I was very, and still am very attracted to her. And I, I like the act of uh, making them. Uh, and I will, and let's say, let's be honest, she's the default parent that's at home while I'm chasing down real estate deals and going down to Colombia or Puerto Rico or Texas or wherever I have some deals going. 
but there's still a lot of focus. And I'd say 75% of my time is still focused on being home and being with a family. And, and I do those things of traveling and adventuring all over the world, but it's, 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 it's much more in a very concentrated, super laser focus uh, as I'm there for a purpose, not necessarily gallivanting around away from my family. I love it. <laughs> I love the the notion that I, I will continue to have kids because it's fun to do so. Just want to make sure you know there are ways to have the fun without the kids. Kids are awesome, man. Okay, all right. Just no, kids sure. are awesome. Like I was like <laughs> my buddy, he told me he's like, wait till they get older, they're better when they're older. And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, from 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 my, my standpoint, is kids have been awesome. Every cliche that they say about them as far as it's going to change your life, your perspective, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to do that is true, Yeah, but it's worth it. And so I was very, very blessed that. So uh, my wife, she was actually still working uh, graveyard shifts as a NICU and full time at the time. So at four months, I think she went back to work. So with Hudson, so six years ago, plus she went back to work. And so I was home for three or four nights out of the week that she was working. And so she would leave at, uh, you know, six o'clock at night and not be home until eight o'clock the next morning. Mm -hmm. And so I was with Hudson all night long, as far as in that I would go to work the next day, you know, work my job. So like he would be crying and be, you know, he wasn't talking at that four months old, but you know, I want mom. And I was like, I want mom. Like, you know, same, same, like, yeah. (laughs) So that that bonding that I got from feeding him and, you know, getting him to, you know, fall asleep and then doing those things for several months of his, you know, kind of infancy was such a, an amazing and magical moment that I feel like not a lot of dads get that opportunity to do. And for me, I think that maybe bonding moment that created that I got like a little sliver of a snippet of what maybe mothers do. And it was just like, this is awesome. Like this is unbelievable. And I'm still blown away by like sitting there my, you know, cause Christy's now eight and a half months pregnant that it was like, think about like how this kind of happened. And then just like a baby, you know, like forms in this thing. And I like, it was crazy. just like, this is such a miracle. This is so crazy. Like, this is just, uh, it blows my mind the, you know, the process of all of that and then having kids. And they say that 30% of your kids are going to actually like you. So I was like, so I might just need to up those numbers so that I got a few that actually, you know, like, ah, dad's a cool guy, you know, and it was like, somebody's got to wipe my butt in a hundred years, you know, the other ones that throw me in a home and, you know, throw away the key because they're like, dad's crazy. well, you're going to have three. So you have that shot. You got one and three, right? Like we have two boys, six and three, same age. And, uh, and that was it. That's that. I mean, I love them to death, but God bless you for expanding past that. And one quick aside here. I think we need to work on your branding opportunity here. You, you said she did all this while I was out building the business, this, that, and the other. It's a simple thing you should be saying here. She was doing that while you were out catching knives. Catching knives. Yeah, right? that's true. There you go. On that, let's transition to, <laughs> you're, you look disappointed in me for even bringing that up. So I'm going to keep moving. No, on. no. I was like, you, you, I got to get you that catching knives shirt too. So it gets right. your, your branding. Yeah. Wear it the whole nine. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Genuine contribution. What, uh, what do you give back or what percentage do you give back? Whatever way you want to take that. So Time, I, money, I, all of that. yeah, I target uh, 10% 
of my vertical. You know, actually, no, you know, it starts in 10% of all income as far as gross kind of income. Um, primarily, that's de- given through the church. But I almost say yes to anybody that that asks or like we'll put up together stuff like, uh, uh, hey, I'm raising birthday for this. And we're actually in part of one of the things that we look for is when we're on these trips, these international trips, is that we look for opportunities to where we can help somebody or something in some way. And so we were down in Peru and we met up, you know, we we're, I think, waiting on a flight for a long period of time. And there was like this, I think she was a missionary, maybe kind of thing, doing medical kind of work in some of these remote villages out in, in Peru. And connected up. And so we've been, you know, sponsoring her as far as giving money annually, doing some loans, microloans, a lot of Latin American kind of countries uh, and women, especially, and uh, just some criteria. And so, yeah, try to target 10% as far as that give, uh, and then give it a, a decent chunk to, to One Life as well, mm-hmm. um, to Tim and what he's doing with giving people the educational awareness of, man, like you're not stuck in this rut. Like you can get out, like there's light, you know, just climb out, figure out and manifest it. And um, so, yeah, I'd say one life, the church and, and then other opportunities, you know, cause I, I just really believe that none of this money is mine. It's, yeah. you know, it's a blessing that's been given to me and let's be honest, money's fake. Uh, it's not real. It's cool to keep a score on the scoreboard and things like that, but it's um, you know, it's not mine. I'm just a pass through. Love it. I love it. Great perspective on that. How about your GoPod? Who's in it and what are you currently discussing? So my GoPod, it's interesting. So some of the guys are a little bit older as far as than where I am. So they're at different stages of some of their lives. Um, Like, uh, so Nate Martinez, Brian Wentz and Ken Wimberly and that Pat Cullinay. And these are some kind of OG you know, kind of go abundance guys. They've been around for a long, long period of time. So um, different aspects. Uh, I, I think it really, you know, it is like, I, I feel like we've been through a lot of ups and downs and different directions. Uh, you know, some of them had some, you know, relationships, marriages that fell apart. Some of them, you know, f- focus on health. Ken, you know, is launching his legacy of love as far as building that app and building it as far as, you know, kind of on his, his side hustle and watching that evolve over the years, you know, just insights and pouring into it as well as, you know, Pat, you know, kind of semi-retired kind of looking and, and pouring more into the couples, you know, aspect of it and international travel. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a very kind of diverse uh, sect of, 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 go abundance as a whole. And then I think from the thing is the NorCal tribe has, you know, weekly calls as far as check-ins. And I've got a lot of value out of that as far as being on those weekly and getting experience the feels like almost a fire hose of new people. And then the combination of the champions events and some of those being more active, you know, participation. And I have a few friends that we've started pulling out, you know, of those that, you know, like Paresh and I, you know, traveled to Columbia. We've done some other trips together, like connecting up and, you know, grab dinner here and there. And so it's, it's just, 
a very, very broad spectrum of things that we've discussed over, over the last several years. Very cool. Yeah, ours does the same, kind of ebbs and flows, and sometimes we're deep on stuff. Sometimes it's a little bit more just kind of catching up and making sure we're kind of moving forward. So, uh, And Pat's talked about that. Like the pods aren't always like, you know, boom, boom, boom. They, they do. They kind of they, they waver. They go here and there. But at the end of the day, I, get, I derive a ton of value, as I know you do. How about from a, 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 an adventure standpoint? What's up and coming for you? What's the next adventure for Jake and or the Harris family? Besides the baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big one. Um, <laughs> you know, next adventure. We're starting to look because it's interesting. So getting over, you know, saying that, hey, we want to do this international trip. And as far as really like I, I, as a parent, I'm trying to prepare my kids to be good adults. Um, and I think that experiencing life you know, and, and this travel is the best way they can do that in a, you know, small, short period of, you know, time that they're, they're not going to gain or garner from a, a YouTube video. And um, so now what we're looking at is, you know, next year's trip. We went to Costa Rica this year discussing, I think it might, it, it may be Colombia just because of the investments, the things that we're looking to do down there. Uh, we also are targeting countries that we haven't gone to before. Uh, so now we're, we've opened up a new dynamic of, well, two of the kids haven't been to Mexico or the new one in, in, in Maverick. So we're also discussing, is it, it's our own made up rules. So we're like maybe Mexico. And so we might just rent a place for a month uh, or six weeks in Mexico city and use that as kind of a hopping point. Uh, Cause it's super easy for me to get up from Mexico city to San Antonio, where a lot of my projects are. I mean, I think it's only like a 90 minute flight or something like that. So it's, it's pretty fast. And even with those trips, I may be able to peel off in those uh, aspects. So I don't know, we're starting to discuss that. I, I'm going to go down to, to, to Baja. I'm looking at some locations that I would maybe consider doing a hotel. I'd like to do something on, on the ocean or, you know, kind of beach hotel-esque and Pescadero, La Paz, Todos Santos or areas that I've been kind of identifying, but that's probably going to be post uh, baby. And so that would be later this year that I do a travel uh, trip down there. And, you know, from adventure, that's where travel really typically is, is those things. I have an overarching goal of, of, you know, the next, by the end of, I think it's the end of next year, uh, my three-year vision was to have visited 30 countries. Um, I actually have not counted up how many I've got, you know, but uh, we'll see. I think uh, maybe I can add a few more into there. You know, maybe I got to do a, a, a run and hit up multiple uh, countries, you know, in, in yes. that short time like period. Central America area, like you can like ping a bunch of them. Yeah, I also want to climb some of the seven summits. And so, you know, get over to Tanzania, like that Australia trip was, you know, interesting, but now they're on like Uber lockdown and you can't even get in the country. And it's like, so there's some travel challenges, but from an adventure, mostly it's, it's travel. Very cool. Well, hey, man, this has been amazing. I'm going to wrap this up with a question from the GoBundance card deck. This is the Jack of Spades. And the question is, if you only had 90 days left to live, what unfinished, what one piece of unfinished business would you need to resolve? Man, so what unfinished business would I need to resolve? Yeah. I don't think business like, you know, in a broad sense. Yeah, no, it's just like, you know, yeah. what item or one thing. You know, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm not really sure because there's, you know, a lot of things. I think I'd spend most of it as far as, you know, kind of sharing some wisdom for my kids. 
um, as far as preparing their, their lives, as far as to be without me. I think I probably, you know, lead, you know, the family quite a bit as far as the direction of our goals, you know, where we're kind of heading these new countries, these new adventures and helping them kind of prepare for that being that there are six and three and my wife, what to do. Most of the business stuff I think would ultimately solve itself. You know, these are partnerships and other things. I have capable people that can do that. I'm sure there's, there would be some forms of issues. Most of my relationships are, are, you know, pretty good. I tell people often how much I love them, how much, how grateful I am for them. Um, but uh, man, I, I, I think that'd be the hardest thing is, is knowing that um, I wouldn't be there for my kids. And then how can I help them, you know, prepare for that life w- without me in it. Um, but ultimately, I think even with like the front row dads component is that, you know, I- I'm going to be in the front row, I can't live their life for them. Um, how do I cheerlead them? But uh, there's a certain aspect, I wish I would be able to coach them more to that point before they were, you know, facing the the gauntlets of life. Um, so I would say the 90 days would be spent on helping to, you know, them to give some, some guidance and some wisdom uh, out there. That's, I think also layers into part of the aspect of those books, uh, doing these podcasts, doing, you know, uh, other interviews is there's little bits and nuggets of things that maybe exist out into the world that uh, can give them insight. And that's even like, what's, I wish I was better at that. Uh, like what Ken Wimberly and the legacy of love is journaling specifically for each one of those individual kids, the illusion of life, uh, and humanity is that we think we have more time. Yeah, it's true. You just don't know. You don't you know don't when know. you're going to go. I mean, yeah. get struck by lightning tomorrow, you know, or something like that. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, again, appreciate everything. Uh, where can people find the book and where can they maybe learn more about you and what you're doing? Where do you want to direct folks? Yeah, catchknives.com is, you know, probably the best place to connect through that. It's on Amazon. And I guess that's, wherever you, you buy books, physical books now, recording, uh, working on the audio book now. So that'll be later this year that comes out. Jake.realestate on Instagram is probably the most active place that I am from a social media. And then, you know, connect up, you know, via the different websites and businesses and things that I do. Like I said, we're, we're you know, doing real estate professionally. So we typically always have some kind of deal or fund or investment that we have going on. Obviously it depends on what time period that you're looking into this, you know, or watching this video. But right now we're doing a, a hotel on the Riverwalk in San Antonio uh, with a very Latin American, you know, uh, artist vibe, luxury boutique, and super excited about that opportunity to kind of pour that out. Um, creative juices into the world and into a, a hospitality kind of driven space. Love it. Can't wait to visit it for sure. So Jake, thanks again, man. I appreciate you giving all of what you gave today. It's, it's always, always insightful for me personally to, to just kind of listen to you and listen to your story. I pick up something new every time. So appreciate you brother. And uh, won't see you in steamboat. Congrats. This is probably being released around the time your baby's going to be born. So congrats <laughs> on the baby in advance. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. The Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance Podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. 
Number one, emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, 5 million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.